0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting Radiolamon.com. The FIA World Endurance Championship. On RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome, everybody, to the World Endurance Championship, which makes a return to the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're broadcasting live on RS1 for qualifying today. And this is round two of the championship. Seems weird to say that round two at the start of October is the point that we've got to. But this, of course, is a season that spans two calendar years. It began at Silverstone at the end of August, start of September. Uh, and there are three more races to enjoy before. before. Before the end of 2019, Fuji, which is where we are this weekend, Shanghai next month, and then the the eight hours of Bahrain on the 14th of December. Before, in the new year, trips uh, a trip back, in fact, to the Sao Paulo venue in Brazil for a six-hour event there. Then we move on to the Sebring um, 1000 mile event, the same weekend as the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship 12 hours. Sebring 12 hours, the 1000 mile race taking place on the Friday with the 12 hours on the Saturday. And then a trip to Spa, just one trip to Spa this year, as opposed to the super season where we went to Belgium twice. And the season finale, the grand season finale happening, of course, at Le Mans. Next June it seems like a very long way off but I'm sure it will arrive with pace so If you're unfamiliar or you've forgotten the format of qualifying, by the way, the session is already live and this will be a 20-minute session for all of the GT cars and there are many of them, of course, this year. Many more GTE AMs compared to last year's entry and great to have so many cars uh, up and down the pit lane. So, uh, James Collado's car not yet appearing. That's one of the six Uh, Pro Machines for AF Corsa and James Collado sharing with Alessandro Pierre Guidi in the number 51 car. His name, James Collado's name against that car at this stage. We'll wait to see whether he's going to do the first dose. And then other cars in GTE Pro, the 71 AF Corsa uh, team who sport Davide Regon and Miguel Molina. In the Porsche GT team squad, it's the Porsche 911 RSR-19 version. So this is a slightly uprated engine from the standard 4-litre flat-six. They've gone to a 4.2-litre flat-six now, but uh, not turbocharged. This is still a normally aspirated engine for 91 and 92. Jimmy Bruni and Richard Leitz, Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra in the 92 car. And then the two Aston Martin Vantage AMRs of Marco Sorensen and Nikki Teen. That's the 95 Dane train. And Alex Sim, uh, Alex uh, Lynn, rather, with Maxi Martin in the number 97 Aston Martin, and then there are 11 GTE Am entries from the likes of AF Corsa who are, who are here with two cars once again uh, winners at Silverstone the 83 combination of Francois Perodo Manu Collard and Nicholas Nielsen so they're back for more in this second round of the championship joined by the sister car number 54 two team project one entries both Porsche 911 RSRs but not the 19 spec you won't be able to use that as a customer car until next season the 2020 2021 season which is of course when we go into hypercar and it remains to be seen the exact spec for gte at that stage there are ferraris in gte and from red river sport from mr racing and from uh, af course as i've mentioned t- uh, lots more porsches Two from Dempsey Proton Racing, the 77 and the 88. Thankfully, the 88 car is on the grid after two very late signings to join Thomas Prining. It'll be Satoshi Hoshino and Adrian Delina. So late with those drivers being announced. And actually, the team have been fined uh, for both drivers being, let's so not only just one fine, but two fines. Because uh, when the provisional entry list was released... All those names were were just a couple of dashes next to Thomas Brining. But finally, we have the Japanese and the Belgian now confirmed. And then, for Aston Martin fans, two Vantage AMRs to feast your eyes upon. The TF Sport car, which just streams across the line now to set an initial time. Uh, Sally Jollock. Charlie Eastwood and Johnny Adam the lineup there and by the way driving the number 90 car for this opening portion of qualifying it is Turkish driver Sally Yollik and the other car for Aston the number 98 of the much changed lineup actually joining Paul Dalalana and Darren Turner the platinum there and Ross Gunn is the silver uh, very easy to make your driving lineup as far as pro is concerned because it's completely unregulated so actually everybody in pro is a platinum-rated driver by the FIA. Remember, you can either be bronze, silver, gold, or platinum. Well, everyone's with the letter P next to their, their name in GTE Pro. In GTE I Am, mean, it is slightly more complicated. You must have a bronze. You must have then either a silver or a bronze. But most teams, I think all teams, have gone For the maximum spec of a silver. And then your final choice is free. So we've got a mixture of golds and platinums. Keller is a platinum. Matteo Cairoli for Team Project 1 in car 56 is a gold. 20 minutes of qualifying. But the difference between, let's say, a conventional qualifying session and WEC is that you've got to cycle through two drivers within that 20-minute period. This is a 4.5 kilometer circuit 4563 meters with 16 turns and three sectors so although it's not as long as spar at 7ks it's reasonably lengthy and therefore it's all in the management of uh, how long you keep driver one at the wheel because you don't want to be wasting any time in getting the second driver in some teams actually cycle through their drivers as quickly as possible then quite possibly, go back to their initial driver, Driver 1, to make sure that the best time has been uh, whipped out of the car. So already the sharp end of this GT grid is taking shape with Alessandro Pierre Guidi out in the number 51 car. He's done a 137.292. The Aston Martin of Nicky Teams did a 138.005. And Felipe Fraga, very talented a uh, very talented Brazilian driver joining Blake Blakemoulin and Ben Keating. That drive has done a 138.180. Now, with Felipe at the wheel, that suggests that Blake Blakemoulin won't take part in qualifying because you have to utilise your bronze in this, and the bronze is Ben Keating. A reminder that at Silverstone... Uh, we saw Porsche score most in the manufacturers. They're on 43 points from Aston Martin on 25 and Ferrari on 20. It's Jimmy Bruni and Ricard Leitz who lead the championship on 25 from Kevin Estra and Michael Christensen. But the pole position was taken by Alessandro Pierguidi and James Collado at Silverstone. At the moment, they are on course to do back to back poles, but crucially, we've only had one time. From one of their drivers so far, as David A. Regon now pops up to the front row as well. So Ferrari's 1 and 2, 51 from 71 in this provisional grid. It will only become sort of a, a kosher grid, a, uh, a, a theoretical grid, when we get the second driver. On board as the Aston Martin and Nicky team now goes through quicker than either of the Ferraris. So, Aston Martin doing a 137.178, and that is just over a tenth of a second faster than those two Ferraris. Porsches are fourth and fifth, and the next car is actually an Amcar, which is also an Aston Martin. So, Aston in this initial part of qualifying, we've only got one driver at the wheel so far. Uh, Aston's topping both pro and am but it's early days as I say and just to give you a reminder of what happened at Silverstone in the am category as I've already mentioned it was a a win for Emmanuel Collard, Francois uh, Perodo and Nicholas Nielsen so they're on 25 points from Paul Dallallana, Ross Gunn and Darren Turner but the pole position time went to the number 90 Aston Martin. So this is all suggesting that Aston have a strong car, certainly in Am this year to take a pole position at Silverstone and be on the top of the pile so far in this particular session. This is the second then qualifying session of the season with eight races in total planned and a mixture of durations remember too because silverstone that was just a four hours for the world endurance championship we step it up a gear in japan this weekend and it will be a six hour event for fuji then back to four hours for shanghai and eight hours for bahrain by far the longest race that we will have in 2019 equal in the new year pretty much to the thousand uh, thousand thousand uh, miles of Sebring, which will be held on Friday just before the Sebring 12 hours next March. Ferrari back across the line. What does that do to the times? It does improve the 51 car, I think. No, no, actually, it doesn't. 137.292 had always been Alessandro Pierre Guidi's time. David A. Rigon was looking to try and improve to get back above Jean Maria Bruni. Jimmy Bruni just slotted into third position. In the number uh, 91 Porsche. But already cars starting to pit to switch to driver two now. And those cars that are already in the pit lane. Nicky teams Aston Martin number 95 to hand to Marco Sorensen. That car is currently fastest by 0.114 of a second. Ahead of Alessandro Pierre Guidi who will switch to James Collado. Jimmy Bruni changing over to Ricard Lietz and shortly Michael Christensen's car. In fact, that car has just arrived in the pit lane to change over to uh, Kevin Estra. Although Estra's name is at, the, at uh, the side of that car at the moment. It may well have been Estra to do the 137.890 with Christensen to put an appearance next up. Nicholas Nielsen's been given qualifying duty in the number 83 championship leading Ferrari. And bear in mind, because they are championship leaders and they took a victory at Silverstone, this is the heaviest car in GTE Am because success ballast is now a thing as well in the World Endurance Championship for season 19 into 20. Fans of the European Le Mans series will know all about success balance and this sliding scale of either 15, 10 or 5 kilos, which is applied three times Uh, first of all determining where you are in the championship so if you lead the championship you'll have 15 kilos on board second in the championship 10 and third in the championship 5 then you look at the results of the previous race and for this particular race it'll be exactly the same as the top three in the championship so again uh, 83 with 15 which makes 30 in total number 98 will get a further 10 which makes 20 and the number 70 Ferrari from MR Racing who are at their home race this weekend They are third in the championship. They finished third at Silverstone, so they will get two lots of five kilos, making ten. Now, at any other round of the season, we would also look back on the previous result as well. So, basically, the two previous race results and the championship standings all go to determine how much weight you're carrying. But, of course, this is only round two, so we haven't got two lots of race results yet, just the one. Uh, So that's all the weights you need to worry about. Uh, Car 83 with 30 kilos. Car 98 with 20 and car 70 with 10. And to be honest, the success ballast is relatively easy to follow. Um, I'll try in a moment or two to explain uh, what's going on in LMP1 because uh, obviously there's been all change there according to their equivalence of technology and the success handicap which is all down to the current championship placings in LMP1. LMP2 is exactly as it was at Silverstone, so that's nice and simple. This session, though, continues on, and we have just under seven and a half minutes still to go. In GTE Am then, there was a big moment uh, for the 98 Aston Martin, a spin. Thankfully, that car not here, hitting anything solid, but that was Paul Dalalana taking charge of that car. Ross Gunn had already done a time and Ross's effort was a 137.915 to put the Aston Martin fastest in GTE am after one round of drivers, if you like. But again, that's not a legitimate grid placing until Paul Dallalana set his time, which he has now, and that immediately drops the Aston Martin to the tail of the field, but only because he had a big lurid spin on that particular lap. And has posted a 153.4. I'm sure he's much more capable of a low 1 minute 40. Possibly even high 1 minute 30. Because we've just seen from Matt Campbell a 138.570 in the number 77 Porsche. So yet to see any second times, any driver two times in GTE Pro. But they are starting to filter through now in gte am actually having said that michael christensen who is second out in the number 92 car so that must have been frenchman kevin estra first doing a 137.8 at 138.105 for michael christensen then gives the car an average of 137.997 and is that therefore the best placed of the uh gt pro cars no because we've now had a Good time from Marco Sorensen as well, which is a 137.7. Gives that car an average of 137.450. To put it, basically, the best of the cars that have now set two times. Mike Wayne writes out, in the re number 86 Golf Racing car, no longer is that typical Golf colours, the blue and the orange. Very different paint scheme indeed. And the suggestion is that uh, some of the backing from Golf uh, is ha, has been lost effectively or there's there's been a parting of that uh, long-established uh, line-up and first time I think that Porsche has ever been seen in non-golf colours since 2016. So it's been a long-running relationship and I think it may have come to its natural end now. But Mike Wainwright and all those at Golf Racing have got uh, other partners, other sponsors waiting in the wings, and they have rewrapped that car, especially for this weekend. Much discussion now down at Porsche between Jimmy Bruni and his mechanics as Marco Sorensen is due across the line. But he's somewhere in the final sector now, as is the 51 Ferrari. So 51 Ferrari sliding its way Out of turn 15 on this uphill section through now the long lingering turn 16. But very important corner because that will determine your top speed as you go across the line. And James Collado has done a 137.678 in car 51. Miguel Molina, the Spaniard, who has secured a season... uh, in the World Endurance Championship, having of course dabbled at the longer distance races, we've seen him many times for A of Corsa at Le Mans, for instance. But because Sam Bird had a decision to make whether he would commit fully to his Formula E campaign or to the World Endurance Championship, he's decided to go the electric route in the single seaters, and that opened the door to Miguel Molina, who now joins in the 71 car, Davide Regon. So it's an Italian Spanish combination there, British and Italian. In the other Ferrari, and they are currently, for AF Corsa, third and fifth. But it is Porsche showing at the top of the times. Now, that's only because we've had a time from Ricard Leet. We haven't yet had a time in number 91 from Jimmy Bruni. Now, does that suggest... Bruni's in the garage, so maybe. Oh, and a big moment again for a Porsche. That's Michael Christensen, who's actually uh, gone backwards into the tyre barrier. So that was through the very fast left hander, I think, at turn three. And as the track then goes back to the right at four and five, or well, was it a little bit further round the track? Now, I think it was actually coming out of six and seven. And he's lost the back end at seven and just reversed or the momentum has carried him into the tyre barrier and just trying to check whether that 91 car or 92 car is very badly damaged they were yellows out on track as more and more times are coming through despite the dramas then for Michael Christensen now we do have two times for Ferrari number 51 Remember it was Alessandro Pierre Guidi to set the first time. James Collard has just done a 137.503, so he's not quite as fast as Alessandro Pierre Guidi. Three tenths of a second, well actually being kind to James, it's more like two tenths of a second off his teammate. That gives the car an average of a one thirty seven point three, but that is good enough by sixty nine thousandths of a second to be on provisional pole in GT Pro. We've also had now had times from Nicky Team and Marco Sorensen at 137.178 and a 137.755. That's an average of a 137.466 to put the Aston Martin number 95 second in the pros. And third, to make it three different manufacturers in the top three, a Porsche, Ricard Leitz, the car that he shares with Jimmy Bruni. And Jimmy Bruni did set a time and was fearful that the Italian maybe had had a time deleted. But Bruni's time stands. Ricard Leitz has done a 137.938. Jimmy Bruni was six tenths of a second quicker than that. So as a result of a fairly uh, big difference between times... That opens the average time back out to 137.634. But as I say that, Ricard Leitz crosses the line for a second time and has brought his time much closer to Jimmy Bruni. That's an average now of 137.356 to put the Porsche number 91 on provisional pole position. And it is a Porsche that leads the drivers championship they also lead the manufacturers of course uh, Bruni and Leak Leitz, Leeds car uh, and those two are top of the championship by seven points both on 25 can they extend that to 26 points and a gap of eight points then by taking pole position the time is starting really to run out rapidly just 35 seconds left on the clock and GTE Pro after a Worrying moment for Michael Christensen, he nearly caught that, but then the car ran off backwards and clouded the tyre wall, it has done damage to the rear left corner, and that at first sight appears to be just superficial, the good news of course about a modern day Porsche is that the engine no longer right at the back of the car, rear of the rear axle, it sits in a much more safe location right behind the driver. So even a slight bit of damage like Michael Christensen has incurred uh, I don't think that will do damage to the engine possible gearbox worries though because the gearbox these days in a Porsche is rearward of the engine and rearward of that rear axle there's a little bit of debris been left on the track as well as the checkered flag is now out this will confirm the places unless of course any of these cars are on a quick lap let's have a look at what's going on in GTE uh, AM because Ben Keating doing a 139.286 last time around Jointly with Felipe Fraga, it looks like those two drivers have done enough. There are still one or two concerns. Your own Blake and Molan, by the way, not in a race suit, so that's confirming that he was never due to take part in qualifying. The Dutchman, instead, helping to coach Ben Keating and Felipe Fraga to a certain extent. But the uh, the Brazilian stock car runner actually doesn't need a great deal of advice. He is just playing fast, and that seems to be inbuilt. Felipe Praga, The grins are starting to appear, starting to appear on the faces then of those at Team Project 1, it was a pole position at Silverstone for TF Sport, also hugs down at Porsche as championship leaders, it does appear that Jimmy Bruni and Ricard Leitz will extend their championship lead by a point by taking Porsche's first pole of the year after it was Ferrari who were at the front of the grid for the Silverstone race what about James Collado and Alessandro Pierguidi, who took pole in Northamptonshire at the, uh, at the end of August well they will start second and we're talking very very small uh, parts of time indeed 41 thousandths of a second that separate the average time for the number 91 Porsche and the average time for the 51 Ferrari third fastest and now in the pit, so that's not going to get any quicker. The Dane trainer, Marco Sorensen and Nicky Team, number 95 Aston Martin, will start from third position with a joint time of 137.466. After Team did a 137.1 and Sorensen a 137.7. So there could well have been a bit more of time to find for Sorensen, but he decided to park it presumably to save as much meat on the tyre as possible all of these GTE um, all the GTEs full stop actually running on Michelin tyres Uh, all six pros and then the 11 ams and it's a different type of compound depending on what car you've turned up with Uh, fourth position Miguel Molina Along with David A. Regon in their number 71, a of course a Ferrari, 137.5 for Regon, a 138.0 for Molin, and that gives the Ferrari an average of a 137.7, and good enough for fourth on the grid. Fifth and sixth on the grid will also be pro cars. The number 97 machine of Alex Lynn and Maxime Martin, their average time a 137.820, and the Porsche of Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra suffering of course because of the damage after Michael Christensen had that slight mistake at turn six and seven but a slight mistake is all that it took for the car to go skating off towards the scenery Backwards into the tyres, and that did a fair bit of damage to the rear left corner. In GTE Am, congratulations to Team Project One. Ben Keating is now out of that car and celebrating with your own Blake and Felipe Fraga. Blake Amolan, the easy job actually, just to stand in the garage with a set of headphones on and maybe just give a quick word in the ear to Ben Keating when was necessary. But Keating, highly experienced, particularly in the US. This, his first opportunity to race, though, in a world championship. And he's never been to many of these tracks. He's never been to Silverstone, for instance, and he's never been to Fuji either. So got to learn these places and find out exactly how to be fastest around here. So congratulations to all involved. Ben Keating thoroughly chuffed with that. Now he is historically a Ford Man, his grandfather and father were Ford dealers back home in the United States. He has dealerships all across America, and not just for Ford. But of course, remember turning up at uh, Le Mans this year in that Ford GT in the wins livery. And although they won on the road, that win was taken away from them because of post-race uh, breaches of the regulation, not only in f- with fuel fill but also the amount of fuel uh, that was uh, allowed in that tank as well so the result ended in them being disqualified they'll go back to Le Mans I'm sure and well I suppose they're contractually obliged to go back to Le Mans now that they've entered the FIA World Endurance Championship for 2019-2020 so we will see Ben Keating, Felipe Fraga and Keren Blakemolan giving it another go in a Porsche this time so a moment to pause. Uh, by the way, weather is very, very good. Let me just give you a rundown, though, of the order. Uh, I've given you pro. It is Porsche that take pole from Ferrari, Aston, Ferrari, Aston and Porsche Team Project 1 their 57 car takes pole position at 138.733 from the TF Sport Aston Martin so backing up their pole position from Silverstone with a second place start in the second round of the year Championship leaders will start third the number 83 AF Corsa Ferrari ahead of the other Aston Martin from Aston Martin Racing number 98 and the sister car at Team Project 1 number 56 Porsche will start from fifth position so well done to Igidio Puffetti and to Matteo Cairoli for their efforts in Porsche number 56. So as I say, a moment to reflect, to catch our breath. It is a warm afternoon at Fuji, 27 degrees Celsius. Track temperature is hovering around 45 degrees with the sun beating down in Japan. And humidity is pretty high as well, 53%, but at least... There is no rain right now. In fact, the the skies look very blue in places, white fluffy cloud, which is unthreatening, partly cloudy in places, and a very, very light wind. So I think we're certainly set for the rest of qualifying to be dry. Um, Tomorrow, though, it's um, always difficult to get through a lengthy period of time without the odd shower and the latest forecast still a little bit iffy potentially. Just look that up, actually, as I'm talking to you, to see how we're doing for the race tomorrow, which is due to start at 11 o'clock uh, in the morning local time. We'll have it all covered here, of course, on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. With the countdown to green due to start 35 minutes before the race time, so you can do the relevant calculations, or indeed just go to radiolamont.com and as long as your uh, laptop or your desktop screen. Is set correct? uh, Your time is set correctly, then it will um, give you the correct times of broadcasting. But uh, in the UK, for instance, it'll be a 3 a.m. start, and therefore we are on air at 2:25. But it all depends on, as I say, where you are around the world. Uh, But the website these days, RadioLemon.com, does all the heavy lifting for you. Still trying to search around for a weather forecast. Today is glorious and free practice one and two held in dry conditions yesterday. And tomorrow, yeah, there is a little bit of rain in the forecast. That may be later in the day, though. A high of 23, a low of 17 at the Fuji Speedway for Sunday. But it will be perhaps a case of the teams having to concentrate on the radar once they do get going At 11 a.m. through till, uh, it being a six-hour race, through till 5 p.m. Another 20-minute session, by the way, for the LMP1 and LMP2 cars in a moment or two. Rain set to hit tomorrow from any time around 2 o'clock. So that's about, that is half distance, isn't it? So could we have a 50-50 split? In fact, sunshine and 11, the clouds start to build from midday and one o'clock. And then the potential for some showers as the temperature drops very slightly from two all the way through to the end of the race. That could make things very unpredictable indeed. So... LMP2s and LMP1s are about to head out onto track and, as I say, uh, there have been changes from Silverstone and I've got a sheet here which is issued from the World Endurance Championship, the Endurance Committee, and details the various changes uh, that have been made according to the Success Handicap, including making Silverstone's winner, the number seven car of Mike Conway, who again was on glorious form uh, in the UK just a few weeks ago, Kimi Kobayashi and Jose Maria Lopez. That car now heavier than the system machine, number eight car, and the changes are designed to make the number seven car 1.4 seconds per lap slower for the team's home race. And... Therefore chunks of weight have been added but there are also various other things that can be adjusted including the ERS so the maximum released power, the maximum petrol energy, the petrol flow as well so when the cars pit how quickly they can be filled up and also the amount of fuel that is burned during a lap and during a stint so The number seven Toyota of Conway, Jose Maria Lopez and Kamui Kobayashi, after their victory at Silverstone, uh, they're going to still be at 932 kilos minimum weight. And that was imposed by the series just before Silverstone. But I think it's a case of actually the number eight car stripping a little bit of weight But it doesn't just affect those cars, as we are green, by the way. We're almost a minute into this session, but the cars are just being released onto their outlaps. With Lopez, Kobayashi and Conway being first in the championship, uh, the team that is on zero, i.e. Philippe Albuquerque, Paul de Resta and Philip Hansen, um, their car effectively judged as the base performance... And then cars are pegged back according to how many more points they've got from that zero point. It's all very complicated. But what it should mean is that the t- to win here in Fuji, the number seven car, is going to have to work incredibly hard. Now, that was borne out in free practice results from earlier on in the weekend because uh, fastest in free practice one was the eight car. Now, they finished 2nd at Silverstone, so don't have as much of a of a, uh, of a handicap, whereas the 7 car, only 3rd fastest and in free practice 2, it got even worse for the 7 crew because they finished only 5th fastest compared to the sister machine who were fastest, however in free practice 3 it was a 1-2 finish for the Toyotas 8 faster than 7, uh, but I know that the 7 crew were actually battling broken floor problems and really trying to fix that floor and make sure the setup of the car was bang on the money again so they weren't going for a qualifying um, push in free practice 2 free practice 3 was much more like it there are concerns though down at Janetta at the moment because one of their cars hasn't been able to join the session I think it is just one that is not yet out of the garage let alone out of the pit lane yes it's Charlie Robertson's Team LNT, number six car. These are the Geneta G60 LT P1 AERs. The AER bid is the engine that powers the G60. And for whatever reason, car number six hasn't yet joined the session. The driver is on board and just waiting for the final say-so. Also relatively late to the session, Jose Maria Lopez, who's now on an outlap, But that might be also part of the pre-planning. Uh, the other Janetta is part of the session, Yegor Rudchev, the young Russian driver, piloting car number five. And we've already got times coming through for Kaz Nakajima in the number eight Toyota, second in the championship on 18 points. Kaz has done a 124.882. How does that compare to qualifying? Well, 127.3 and then a 125.6, but this is all of a sudden much, much faster then the two free practice sessions that kicked off the weekend. And let's just have a look. I'll search back through the annals of time, back to 2012, uh, because the World Endurance Championship has been racing at Fuji since the initial year of the WEC, which was coming out of a season of the ILMC, as it was known, in 2011. Uh, but there was a significant rebuild of the aco structure in the winter of 2011 and we had a brand new championship to conjure with in 2012 which included a visit to fuji toyota taking victory then and in fact they've taken victory in this event every year apart from one when porsche took victory three years ago but otherwise the home team of japan have been very dominant indeed So the times continue to come in and Kaznakajima already back in the pit lane having set a 124.882 Rebellion number 1 just the one rebellion here this weekend and I think that will be the plan for the next uh, three races including Fuji and then the possibility of an of a second car as we had at Silverstone appearing at Spa and then certainly at Le Mans And that car then, driven by Californian Gustavo Menezes, second fastest on single lap times, at least. We haven't had the second drivers in yet, remember. 126.367, though, from Menezes. de Rudchev goes third for Janetta and Team LNT. That's a 126.732. And then is it an LMP2 car? Haven't spoken a great deal about LMP2, but eight cars in the entry this weekend, including fresh from a Formula 2 championship, Nick De Vries those of you that were at Silverstone maybe enjoying it uh, from wherever you're based in the world or indeed on site will know that Jot van Auter was the super sub to replace Nick De Vries at Racing Team Nederland but Nick has made a a quick journey from Sochi where he managed to clinch the Formula 2 Championship uh, to Japan and Racing Team Nederland are quickest with a 128.332 Jackie Chan, DC racing second fastest. Hope in tongues put in a time, 129.175. And third in LMP2 is Nicolas Lapierre for Cool Racing. Sadly, again, uh, no Alexandre Kwani. Well, actually, to be more accurate about Kwani, who was injured during the Silverstone weekend in a crash in the ELMS race, he was due to be assessed after some of the free practice sessions. So we may see Kwani race it. Uh, it remains to be seen. He doesn't have to take part in qualifying because Alex Quagny is a bronze. Uh, remember, it's got to be a silver and then probably your gold or platinum to take part in qualifying. So as long as at Cool Racing Antonin Borger does some qualifying, then they will have ticked off the relevant rules. Uh, I mentioned about... Uh, pole position times and look those up for you so through the years pole positions have gone to Toyota to Audi and to Porsche actually Toyota it was last year and we have got down to well Porsche managed in 2015 a 122.763 we are a little way off that after Kaz Nakajima set his initial effort And that car has now been handed over to Brendan Hartley, who is now on an outlap. But uh, the average time, 122.763, is your qualifying record set in 2015. Last year's time was certainly not too shabby either, though. 123.648 from the number 8 Toyota 12 months ago of Sebastian Buemi. Kazuki Nakajima and some bloke called Fernando Alonso who sadly is not part of the championship anymore but Brendan Hartley the Kiwi coming in to more than uh, offer the same sort of pace I would I would argue it's taken him a little while to get uh, fully used to the intricacies of a Toyota but of course many, many years with Porsche and many years racing prototypes both in LMP2 and in uh In DPI in the USA, Um, Brendan Hartley vastly experienced in um, cars that are aero-dependent. So it hasn't taken him too long at all. Can he get quicker than Kazuki Nakajima's effort, I wonder, in the number eight car? It's the 37 machine now, which is one of the two... Well, the only Jackie Chan DC racing car, one of the two cars run by Jota. But This year there is a difference because... Sam Hignett's team actually running one of their cars as a Jota entrant so it will if they win we will hear the British national anthem on the podium if the sister car wins that's also run by Jota it'll be the Chinese national anthem for car 37. 37 is currently being driven by Gabby Obrey the young French driver who has um, graduated out of single-seaters so from Formula Renault Euro Cup and Formula 3 into into LMP2 and could well be the star a star of LMP1 a little bit further down the line so Obrey drives the number 37 car with Will Stevens and Hope in Tongue so that suggests we're not going to see Will Stevens in qualifying meanwhile We do now have a time from Brendan Hartley. It's a one twenty five point two nine three, which is about four tenths of a second off the time of Kaz Nakajima. Gives the Toyota number eight pretty much a one twenty five dead. It's a one twenty five point zero five seven. So therefore, six tenths of a second slower is Jose Maria Lopez in. The number seven car, that car has managed a 125.639. But bear in mind, well, the idea is, the concept is to try and slow the seven car by 1.4 seconds. That's not been proven in qualifying. Because so far the best time from Toyota number eight a 124.8, the best time from Toyota number seven are 125.6. So that's only, in fact, point 0.8 of a second slower, rather than 1.4. So maybe those at Rebellion and those at Ginetta are puffing the cheeks out thinking it's going to be somewhat harder to beat even just one of these Toyotas. Despite the best efforts of the officials. Nine minutes to go. Gabriel Aubrey about to cross the line to post now. Is that his first time in number 37? I think it probably is. It's a 129.587. Yes, so that's the first time offered by Obrey and hoping tongue's effort. 129.381. This car on the Goodyear tyres. We're welcoming back Goodyear to the championship after a long, long period out. I think the last time they were at Le Mans was 2006, and that was with GT cars. And it remains to be seen whether Goodyear will start to supply tyres for GT cars perhaps from next season. But at the moment, the letter G is represented on the entry list next to three cars in lmp2 the 33 high-class racing orica the 37 car as mentioned for jackie chandisi racing and the sister machine the jota entered orica 07 with the gibson engine of roberto gonzalez antonio felix da costa and ant davidson toyota fastest toyota second fastest the seven cars in the pits Janetta with their number six car Team LNT the Janetta G60 is third fastest and fourth quickest is the number one car that's the Rebellion that has already put in a time Uh, it was Gustavo Menezes who set the initial time and Norman Nato's also been out and back in again and Nato's done a 125.959 so that brings the Rebellion up to fourth fastest it's in between the two Team LNT Janettas. we have seen uh, one of the in fact both Janettas now out in the session despite the slight delay for car number six and Charlie Robertson Charlie is now out onto the circuit and his time are 125.889 so that's good news for all in North Yorkshire speaking of North Yorkshire teams United Autosports are out on track as well with Phil Hansen at the wheel of number 22. This is the Orica 07 for the British squad. I could say British these days because they've changed officially their flag, although they are still an Anglo-American team and always in the past have had uh, the Stars and Stripes alongside United Autosports. It's been the star-spangled banner we've heard when they've won races as well, but it will be the British National Anthem if indeed car 22 take victory a horrible weekend for this team at Silverstone the car breaking down within five minutes of the start of a four hour race at Silverstone and I remember Paul De Resta desperately trying to fire the car back into life as it passed our commentary position at Radio Show Limited in the Silverstone wing but the car was going probably 30 miles an hour no more uh, got beyond Abbey and had to uh, Paul De Resta parked it up and the Marshals, despite their best efforts, then just wheeled it behind the Armco barrier and the car was out. So it can hardly be a worse weekend this weekend. Let's think let's think onward and upward for United Autosports. And we wish them certainly a race finish and ideally a podium. But there are seven other cars out there to try and stop that, including Racing Team Nederland, who are carrying good speed this weekend. It's now the... Uh, non-pro driver Fritz van Eerd, who is, the, who is the CEO of supermarket chain Jumbo in the Netherlands. That's the reason why the car is yellow and black. Well, the reason why it's yellow and black, actually, is because of the team's love of Minardi through the years. And it is a Minardi, uh, well, the badge of the team is a take on Minardi uh, from their time in Formula One. And the livery of the car, likewise, the early days of that team but also it carries the Jumbo or Jumbo branding because of Fritz van Aert's business back at home. The number eight car, Toyota, then, has offered two times. The first coming from Kaz Nakajima, the second from Brendan Hartley. I think they might have parked it, you know. There's still time on the clock. How long is there to go? Oh, there's a, a problem out on track for one of the Ginettas. This is the number six car. Yellow flags are currently out. And what happened then... I believe it's still Charlie Robertson just a little bit too much power it would appear coming out of one of the slowest speed corners that was either turn 11 or turn 15 I think it was 15 so coming out of that left-hander at Supra GR Supra corner on towards Panasonic corner the sharp right-hander that gets tighter and tighter before pinging you onto the start finish straight Charlie Robertson thankfully keeping it away from the wall and that car will be able to now rejoin. But there are yellow flags being shown on the exit of Turn 15. So I was right in my summation that it was the penultimate corner. And the problem now for Charlie Robertson, we're going to go red flags, I reckon. Just to confirm that. Yellow for the moment. It is Charlie. The Yes, we are going red flags. Charlie Robertson, who uh, is originally from Scotland, but has spent, spent a lot of his time in Surrey. ...as well, and now strong ties to Yorkshire, of course. A slight grimace from Hoping Tongue and others as the red flags now fly. And we have three minutes and 35 seconds on the clock. This is all because of Charlie Robertson's Janetta, number six, which is stuck in an awkward position on the exit of turn 15. It's not quite on the racing line. As you enter exit 15, it would be on your left there, but the race officials... And Eduardo Freitas, the clerk of the course, gave Charlie Robertson plenty of time in order to try and fire that car up, locate a reverse gear. He even had enough space in front between the nose of the car and the concrete wall to inch forward and do a little U-turn. But clearly there's no power in that, Genetta. They were struggling, for my money, in the garage as well. The car wasn't ready at the start of the session and wasn't out on the apron. Instead, there were several LNT uh, mechanics trying to work out exactly what the problem was. Eventually, the car did join the session. But remember as well that for Team LNT, this is only the first driver of potentially two in car number six. But with that car now having to be recovered back to the pit lane, will they even be allowed to continue in qualifying? Mike Simpson or Guy Smith will be the other qualifier If they manage to get some time behind the wheel, I would wager it'll be Guy Smith. There there has been a driver shake-up at Ginetta in terms of how the combinations are because those with good memories will know that Charlie Robertson was in one car at Silverstone and Mike Simpson in the other. Well, they're now both in car six, joining uh, Guy Smith, another Yorkshire driver. And in the five car, it will be Ben Hanley and Yegor Rudchev once again the British and Russian combination, but for the first time in a prototype, Luca Giotto again uh, in a full FIA Formula Two campaign this year. But Luca Giotto, having tested at the Barcelona Prologue for the FIA World Endurance Championship, now gets a first chance at a race drive, and it looks like he won't be tasked with qualifying because in the number five car Yegor Arudchev did the first time and Ben Hanley did the second time. Now, interestingly, the times on my screen have disappeared. I think that's more of a technical fault. Yes, it is because the session will continue to uh, tick down just as soon as the green flag flies again. Unlike if this had happened in a practice session, the clock has been stopped. In free practice 1, 2 and 3, they are time-certain sessions. So therefore, even if we go red flags, at uh, the time, the clock continues to tick by. And this would eat into um, the the practice hours. But with this only being 20 minutes, the clock is stopped and we'll restart again with cars being sent out for, a, for an outlap. The problem is, with a lap time around here, what are we on, 1... One and a half minutes or so for the P1s. And for the P2s, a good time. is about that as well, 129, 130. But it's going to take everybody about 1 minute 40 or 50 just to do an outlap. So if you're very lucky, you might get two flyers. But it's going to be more like just the one flying lap. One, two, three, four, five, six marshals now are trying to push this car. My fear is that it's locked in gear And they're trying to just inch it backwards to then give it the turning circle required so that Charlie Robertson can start that car up. But I think it's either stuck in gear or the drivetrain has become locked. And six marshals here at the Fuji Speedway are finding it incredibly difficult to, to even get the car rolling to walking speed. So it may now have to be a straight lift. ...for car number six, sadly. Stranded at turn 15. And local yellows initially, but now a red flag. Uh, By the way, the 36 car has just had two laps deleted, I notice. So, who did the initial qualifying for 36? Cygnitec Alpine Matmut. Pierre rags at the wheel now. Pierre is the silver-rated driver... I didn't notice, I have to admit, whether it was Tom Alarant or Andre Negrin. It could have been either driver in the 36 car, but that particular driver offered a 130.050. Pierre-Rag's times have all been deleted so far, two of them. So therefore, Pierre-Rag is yet to set a time. And Cinetech Alpine are going to be running a little bit short here. I also noticed that the 7 Toyota has had a lap deleted for track limits, but 7 Toyota, I think, still holds on to... Oh, no, it doesn't. No. So we still need a second time from car 7 as well. Kamui Kobayashi now at the wheel of that car. And remember, if they run out of time and the 7 car can't set a second time, then it must start at the back of the LMP1 grid, Same goes for Charlie Robertson, sadly, because that car stopped out on circuit. And I don't think Guy Smith or Mike Simpson will get the opportunity to take control of that car and set a useful time. It's all very well your driver one setting, a benchmark figure. But it only becomes a legitimate time to place you on the grid if two times are offered from two different drivers. So here's the order in LMP1. Five cars, remember, this weekend. We did have six at Silverstone, but it's just the one Janetta for Fuji. It is the Toyotas that are fastest, but we require the seven car to post another time before that can be legitimately put on the front row. Eight cars fine, and I reckon the eight cars parked and probably heading off for lunch now. Brendan Hartley and Kazuki Nakajima. So their afternoon's work is done. And they can concentrate on the race. Kamui Kobayashi, though, is going to have to waste no time at all. And I noticed that the Toyota team are raring to go with the stopboard board at the, sh- at the sharp end of the car. No wheels on that machine just yet, but they'll be offered up closer to us going green flags. This Janetta's is proving rather difficult to be recovered. Uh, so... Eight car is fine. The seven car needs another time to put it on the front row. The third place car is currently car number six, but we only have a Charlie Robertson car time for that. And I don't think we're going to get Mike Simpson or Guy Smith in there. So that will probably drop to the rear of the field as well. Promoting, currently in fourth place, the Rebellion Racing R13 with its Gibson engine, four and a half litre V8. Bruno Senna, Gustavo Menezes and Norman Natto. And that car, I think, has done all of its... Required laps now. Yes, it has. We've had Menezes, and we have had Norman Nato. In fact, they've put Gustavo Menezes back into the Rebellion. So maybe there's an opportunity for the American to just shave a bit more time off that Nato's time of 125.9, Menezes four tenths of a second slower. So if he can just chisel at that time a little bit more in the remaining time, could they improve? Well, they like to improve. Improve to third anyway. I think it's unlikely that Rebellion could get close to either of the Toyota Times, but just offering that out there and not saying it's impossible, just unlikely. Fifth fastest is the number five, Janetta, the G60 uh, from Team LNT. Ben Hanley and Yegor Rudchev combining to give that car a 126.820 average time. And the sister car is now being craned Onto the back of a flatbed, by the way, as Charlie Robertson watches on. The order in LMP2. Most of these cars have now put in two separate times. Uh, Jackie Chan DC Racing fastest with a an average of 129.302 on the Good Goodyear tyres. And Gabrielle Obrey did a 129.4. Initially, we had Hope in Tongue, didn't we? And that was a 129.1. So, 129.3 is the combined time for car 37, giving it provisional pole. Second fastest from the same team, the Jota car, Roberto Gonzalez. And now, was it Ant Davidson or was it Antonio Felix da Costa? I was concentrating on LMP1 at the time. Uh, we'll find that out in due course. However, the average time, 129.792. For United Autosports, Sports, they are provisionally third. With the number 22 car, Phil Hansen, joined again by Philippe Albuquerque, his regular co-driver at in the ELMS. But a new name into United Autosports this weekend is Oliver Jarvis. That'll be because Paul de Resta will be busy on DTM duty this weekend at Hockenheim with the final meeting of the year taking place uh, in Germany for DTM. Quite a weekend there with the combination of Super GT and DTM for their final race meeting of the season. And Paul de has been racing DTM all year with Aston Martin and our motorsport. So filling in for the time being is Oliver Jarvis. Last time we saw him was at Silverstone racing for Janetta. So he's certainly keeping things varied and stepping on board an LMP2 car this weekend. Fourth fastest in LMP2 is the Cinetech Alpine Elf car. I might have called that car by its other sponsor uh, that it had last year. Apologies for that because they've got new sponsors for 2019-2020. So Cinetech Alpine Elf. Pierre Rag though yet to set a time and it's only fourth on the basis of the other co-driver then putting in a 130.450. So we need another time from Pierre Rag before this three and a half minutes is up. Then it is high-class racing. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5th in class. Anders Fjord back in car 33, joined this weekend by Mark Patterson and Kenta Yamashita. It will have been Yamashita then to set a 129.474 as the session is live again and the queue is building up at the end of the pit lane. So, yes, green flags... Now being waived and cars on outlaps. And Anders Fjord back is on an outlap. Antonin Borger likewise for Cool Racing. Racing Team Nederland in the pit lane. Now two different times have been set by car 29. So they may well knock it on the head at that. And be happy with a 7th place start in LMP2. And also... Chetila Racing no longer run by Outfit Villurba Corsa that's now an AF Corsa run um, an AF Corsa run Delara, the P217 from the Italian squad Roberto La Corte Andrea Bellicchi and Giorgio Cernagiotto Bellicchi was last to drive 131.337 but that car isn't yet resuming the session so those cars that are out and wasting no time at all we've got Kamui Kobayashi's Toyota as expected Charlie Robertson's car now shown as stopped and I think out of the session but Philippe Albuquerque is joining the session in car 22 United Sports. Pierre Rag is back out as well after those times were deleted one or two other LMP2s running as well as Philippe Albuquerque now crosses the line to start his quick lap so let's see what Kamui Kobayashi can do Climbing the hill now through these tight and twisty corners at 13, 14, 15 and 16. Just backing off till the very last moment. Trying to uh, use the braking to harvest a bit more power. To give him one heck of a slingshot then off the final corner of this 45 kilometer circuit. And ping them down the start finish straight. Such an important corner that. Because uh, that determines your top speed as you head through the, the well over the, the start finish line through the time trap at the uh, the speed trap rather towards the end of the start finish straight and then into the braking area at turn one a plummet downhill where one of the rebellions went off big style in the rain last year and then continue the descent through turn 4 but then the track rises on the exit of 5 into 6 and 7 which are tricky corners as well as proved by Michael Christensen during qualifying in the GTs so partway around his lap now is Kamui Kobayashi also Pierre Rag looking to try and improve ...on the car's average as Philippe, Philippe Albuquerque now splits the two Jota-run cars. So Albuquerque's managed to set a 129.4570. This is the second time Albuquerque's got behind the wheel of the car. So we had Albuquerque for the for a short spell at the start of the session... ...then Phil Hansen for a couple of laps. Albuquerque now back into that car and he brings the time down to a 129.777. That's only four-tenths of a second slower than the provisional pole-sitting number 37 car. As I say that, though, Roberto Gonzalez goes across the line to improve. We've also had now a time from Kamui Kobayashi, so that is now a legitimate second place on the grid, but it slows the Toyota down because 125.968 is Kamui Kobayashi's time. He's three-tenths of a second slower than teammate Jose Maria Lopez. So we need to see a bit more improvement from the Japanese. The question is, is he going to have any time to do that? I don't think he's seen the chequered flag yet. So one more lap to go for Kamui Kobayashi. There are still four LMP2 cars running as well. But the chequered flag is now being displayed. And onto a final lap then goes Philippe Albuquerque. Just working his way through the technical section at turns 10, 11 and 12 one of the lowest points of the circuit you go through quite a natchy chicane there but it all starts after hard braking you're approaching at very high speed through turns eight and nine slow for 10 and then just a quick burst of the throttle to then go through 11 and 12 and then the very technical corners 13 14 15 and 16 Albuquerque across the line to see the chequered flag this time around and he does jump ahead of Jota again so Philippe Albuquerque brought that time down yet further and will split the two cars from Jota 37 Jackie T- G- Jackie Chan DC Racing looking very like they will take pole position in fact everybody now has taken the chequered flag so that cements a pole for Jackie Chan DC Racing and for Gabriel Obrey together with teammates Will Stevens and Hope in Tongue but every credit to Philippe Albuquerque, who didn't give up there despite having one more lap to go we also didn't see improvement for Kamui Kobayashi in LMP1. So it will be a Toyota one-two, and the number 8 car set to 125.013. But what about the time from car 7? Eight tenths of a second slower. Now the target for the officials when they set the success handicap for this meeting was to try and make that Toyota number 7 1.4 seconds slower it's eight-tenths of a second slower. So it's halfway there, you might say. A little more than halfway there, in fact. And what it does do is really bring the genetas and the Rebellion back into play. Because 125.8 from the second-fastest Toyota, 125.889 from the potentially fastest Genetta although, of course, that is the Charlie Robertson machine, so that time will not stand. The Rebellion, on average times got to a 126.163 were either of the Rebellion times quicker than either of the Toyota times yes uh, because we got it, we managed to squeeze a 125.959 out of Rebellion number one and that was uh, very small margins but it was one hundredth of a second quicker than the Kamui Kobayashi time so maybe there is the potential for the Ginettas or the Rebellion to outpace the toyota the thing is if the toyota's have a faultless race i think they can still finish one 2 if there is a slight drama for either the eight and particularly the seven then the genetas and the rebellion will be straight in there no question about it so certainly the the success handicap has changed the complexion of this race and that's what it's designed to do And, of course, if the seven and the eight cars continue to win and continue to finish second and get good results, then supposedly their pace will be compromised going into the next race meeting. And it it will continue to do that with every single race of uh, of this new season that spans both 2019 and 2020. Here's the order then. Pole position for car number eight, just remind myself, who took pole uh, for Silverstone. It was the number seven car. So now both Toyotas have managed a pole position from two qualifying sessions. Second fastest, but 0.8 of a second slower, was the number seven Toyota of Kamui Kobayashi and uh, Brendan Hartley, Mike Conway did not take part in qualifying. Third fastest will actually be the rebellion of Gustavo Menezes and Norman Nato. They were the guys that did the qualifying. Bruno Senna will obviously be there as the, uh, part of the race as well. The individual times, 126.367 from Menezes, 125.959 from Norman Nato gives the car an average of 126.163. And fourth fastest will be the number five Team LNT, Genetta G60, of Ben Hanley and Yegor Rudchev with Luca Giotto, uh, uh, will be given uh, plenty of time in the race, but didn't take part in qualifying. 126.820 for the British-Russian combination. Then, it remains to be seen where the number six Janetta will be put on the grid, because strictly it hasn't qualified, of course, so they'll have to apply to the stewards. A bit of force majeure, you have to think. I'm sure the car will feature on the grid, and probably at the back of the LMP1s, if not at the back of the prototype grid. But I think the the modern day rules say because of the speed differential that even if you haven't qualified your car legally, you can still start at the back of the LMP1s. And that's where I think we will see the number six car starting fifth after Charlie Robertson spun the car part way around one of his quick laps. He spun it out of turn 15 and wasn't able to get restarted. The red flags had to be brought out and the car was recovered to a flatbed. So that's the order uh, for at least the top four in LMP1. And we wait to see where car six is inserted. In LMP2, eight cars did all manage to qualify. We've got two times from each of them. And it's Jackie Chan DC Racing taking pole position then for the Japanese round. Uh, remember, it was the 29 Racing Team Nederland crew who took pole At Silverstone. So Sam Hignett's team running Jackie Chan DC Racing's outfit, 37 starting pole. A late run, though, uh, improving not once but twice, Philippe Aberkirk to now split the two Jota cars and to start on the front row of the LMP2s, Philippe Aberkirk, Phil Hansen, and replacing Paul DeRessa for this race, Oliver Jarvis. Third on the grid for LMP2, it will be the Jota by name entry, car 38. That's the machine of Roberto Gonzalez, together with Antonio Felix da Costa and Anthony Davidson. And then High Class Racing number 33 will start from fourth position. High Class Racing, the Danish squad of Mark Patterson, Kenta Yamashita and Anders Fjordback. Uh, fifth fastest was Cool Racing, Antonin Borger and Nicolas Lapierre. We didn't, therefore, see Alexandre Coigny in qualifying, but as he's the bronze rated driver, we didn't really expect to see him in qualifying. Fingers crossed he can take part in the race. It might be, though, that un- under doctor's orders, he's requested to, uh, or he is, uh, he- he's politely asked to sit this race out and rejoin at Shanghai as uh, he continues to heal after injury sustained in an accident in the ELMS race on Saturday at Silverstone. Average time for car 30, car 42 then for Cool Racing, a 130.087. It was 130.858 on average for car 36, the Cinetech Alpine Elf entry. Pierre Ra- Rag having to put in some late times after two of his efforts were deleted, but car 36 will start sixth. Seventh place will be the racing team Nederland crew of Fritz van Eerd and Nick de Vries, who did the qualifying. They'll also be joined by Guido van der Garda for the race. And to start at the back of the prototype field, eighth in LMP2, Chetilar Racing with their Dallara P217, the only non-Orica in the entry, Roberto Glicorte, Andrea Bellicki and Giorgio Cernagiotto. Their average time, one thirty-one point three four two. So, that is qualifying done. It just remains for us to enjoy the six hours of Fuji tomorrow then. It is due, as I say, for an 11 a.m. local time start through till 5 p.m. local. However, we will be on air 35 minutes before the start of the race for our countdown to green. I say we... Because it won't just be me, Johnny Palmer, but also Bruce Jones will be joining me tomorrow for the race to lighten the load a little bit. Although I think it's going to be a relentless activity for the full six hours in what is a busy weekend here as part of the uh, Radio Show Limited network. Because also this weekend it is the TCR 500 live from Spa-Francorchamps, the latest round of the 24-8 series, effectively, although that's not a round of the 24-8 series. It is still, though, a race promoted by Kreventik, who've recently announced their 2020 calendar, of course. So let's just mark your card. Um, yes, we're going to be sharing the airwaves with the TCR 500 coverage. Uh, if you go to RadioLeMond.com and scroll right to the bottom of the page, all the times are there. 30 minutes worth of countdown to green. At 25 minutes past the hour, if you're in the UK, it'll be 2.25 a.m. And then we will get set for a 3 a.m. UK start, 4 a.m. in continental Europe and different times in various other places around the world. There'll also be a post-race tech show at the end of the race for around about 20 minutes for us to chew through the fat about what you think of success handicaps, what you think maybe of Success ballast in GTE-AM and, of course, the direction of the championship generally. We'll have a bit more to go on, I think, by that point with two rounds then in the book. So hope you've enjoyed qualifying. Be sure to join Bruce Jones and myself, Johnny Palmer, tomorrow from, uh, from just before uh, the half hour before the start of the race. Uh, my thanks to Rob Lomas, who's been doing the producing at this unearthly hour in the UK. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.